listening to Girls Gone Wad. This is episode 247 with Mary Shenouda. Claire and I sat down with Mary when we were in Venice in our fabulous little VRBO. We had a great conversation and a great time together. And afterwards, we walked around Venice and we got some ice cream and hung out with Mary. And we just had a lovely time. She's an amazing person to be around. And she also just creates really cool things. You can find her at paleochef.com. And she also created Fat Fudge. So check her out on social media. And we hope you enjoy this interview. Um, All right, we're ready. So if you want to just get going, let me turn that off. The next installment of our wonderful Venice series. Yeah, wonderful Venice. So great. We've had a lot of good, a good conversations here. Um, Um, Mary, welcome. Welcome to our show. Thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> My Have question you? for you first is, why am I on the show? Why am I on the show? <laughs> we why hope to I answer here? that in the next hour. <laughs> we hope to find out. Yeah, yeah stay um, tuned. You and you too. Have out. you been done a podcast before? Like, have, have I? Yeah. Been on a podcast? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. Have I hosted a podcast? No. No. Not yet. What's your experience? Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps that is coming down down the road for you. It's not hard. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Anyone can do it. As you may see right here. <laughs> Please. Anyone can do it, but can people do it successfully and with attention to detail of who they're interviewing and yeah. knowing how to bring the conversation back if the person goes too far off right. the left? And right. Are you compassionate and funny and deliver value? Feels like a lot of pressure, to be honest. Yeah. It is a lot so of pressure. So you agree. You think you're really so you agree. <laughs> <laughs> your eyes are super like wide yeah, yeah. it is it is a lot <laughs> i don't know i don't know i don't know if i should be here even i'm starting to question now that you say it that way i'm starting to, to question cream. my whole yeah let's just go get ice cream we should do that anyway okay yeah. so your background I, um comes a lot from the inspiration to become a chef comes a lot from your own health journey yes so can you talk a little bit about that of just from the get-go it sounds like from when you were a kid yeah like you had health issues yes and like as long as you can remember, is that something that you're just like that completely defined my path? Um, I guess yeah. Like it, it's, I was talking to this about about this to someone yesterday, like trying to explain that you have to be comfortable with rejection, failure, and pivots. And I was talking about how my life is just a series of being rejected in one form or another and pivoting until this point. So starting in second grade is when I started to have the bulk of my health issues. And Which is so young. Yeah, it is yeah. super young. And and being poked and prodded as a, a little girl is v- like very uncomfortable, yeah. especially when they don't really know what they're doing and they're just guessing and they always want to guess the worst thing possible or they want to tell you you're making it up so you already feel betrayed by all the adults around you. And then there's just the other layer of I was already being bullied at school so I was betraying everyone that was my or felt betrayed by everyone that was my age and then then felt betrayed by the adults and I'm like all right I'm just gonna be quiet over here now so it started with migraines in second grade and migraines that were really bad they would lead to make me vomiting and and passing out um and being told that there's nothing we can really do about it so from then until junior high migraines were just a normal part of my life Mm -hmm. and headaches more so than the migraines were every day. And again, like, this is just my baseline. And then it would move into like hives where you would touch my skin and it would leave a handprint. Uh, you could, we, we would write on my arm, like go giants to like make it fun. Like, like peel. In, yeah, like <laughs> in the hives just to be like, oh, this is a trick I can do. Yes, yeah, yeah. And at that point, uh, they told me it was uh, probably like mercury toxicity because I was eating a lot of sushi. And that didn't really make sense to me, but I was having to constantly do tests for mercury toxicity and it was never coming high. And then going into later in high school, I dropped out of high school when I was um, two months into my junior year, but freshman and sophomore year, the hives and the migraines were just constant. And I never wanted, it always annoyed me that my headaches would stop me from going to birthday parties or going to events. Mm -hmm. So I would go to these things until a very like, pirate eye like about to die okay now i have to go and <laughs> i'm gonna pass that on your floor <laughs> if i don't leave right now because yeah. i wanted to try to be there as much as possible yeah and uh even playing sports so i have uh it's such a weird sort of like playback but it made sense at the time um it wasn't on the a team i was on the b team to be clear <laughs> tennis was my jam varsity tennis b team basketball <laughs> um i would uh i was point guard and i would wrap my head in a 
tied up t-shirt to like hold the pressure down from the pain and then i would tell my coach like all right put me in i would go in do a couple plays and then the pain would start to come back to my eyes and i look at her and she'd take me out and we'd start the process over again which so makes you me just, feel like i should have been on the a-team because if i can make some moves and a few, few plays, yeah whatever yeah whatever <laughs> oh um but that was me trying to m- make my life just like cope work. in any way you could yeah yeah um and then so after high school i went straight into corporate america and now I'm faced with being the youngest by at least 10 or 15 years, usually being one of the only females in the room. And if you don't feel good or you miss a day. Oh, there's no excuse. No, yeah. they're like, there's oh, no compassion. Did a boy break up with right. you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> so there is, again, pretending like I'm okay, being creative for painkillers. I would take Vicodin and make it into a paste with coffee grounds. And I'd be in the kitchen of my office, like rubbing into my gums. Oh my God. As a blood thinner yeah. and then a, a yeah. pain management. I would be at my desk with sunglasses, the bad migraines. Um, so with, this is all in your twenties. Yeah. This yeah. is like late teens, early twenties. Mm-hmm. And then um, when at this point now doctors, cause I'm, I'm constantly going to doctors to try to figure things out or I'm at the ER because some of my migraines would put me on the floor. Like somebody would find me passed out and vomit and you get rushed to the ER and they think that you're on drugs and you're trying to explain to them that you don't do drugs. Like I'm an L7. I promise you there's no drugs in my system. Yeah. And they're like, tell us what you took. And they're yelling oh at you. Oh my God. And it was, it was so frustrating. There was one time like I just wanted the IV so bad so I could fall asleep. And this nurse was like, you, you need to, and I t- took my vomit tray and threw it across the room because I was just like, Fuck, I'm not taking any drugs. Oh, that is so frustrating. So frustrating. Super frustrating. So at this, all these appointments, all these doctor appointments and ear visits are happening this whole time while it's in corporate America. So I'm being told I, you have cancer, you have lupus, you have all these crazy things. And at this point, this has been going on for 15 years and no one's been able to do anything for you the whole time. No, no. They've done like blood tests for celiac and it came back negative. And now we know that blood tests can be inconclusive. Um, So I would be on different medications to like the prednisone that would make me balloon up and be tired so then you would find me taking naps under my desk and i would get in trouble somebody would complain about the kid being immature like let's see who is above quota yeah is it you oh no it's me i'm gonna take my nap yeah (laughs) (laughs) i earned this (laughs) go fuck yourself so it was constantly having to i I couldn't do as well as my colleagues and be work be worthy to be in the room i had to do better to be able to be worthy in the room it's super unfair Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then throw in the not feeling good all the time and then you go into your personal life like your friends are like you always have a headache or if you try to date like you're oh your stomach always hurts she just stopped talking about it altogether. um and there was my my very final er visit where i think it was just the tipping point of really having enough where the routine is IV goes in, morphine goes in, fenugran, I think that's pronounced it, goes in. I got frustrated. I pulled the IV out. <laughs> Blood is like... You're just... And I'm like, I'm just, over this. You're not about the like, vomit I know pans. where this leads. Yeah. And it's just back in here in a couple yeah. weeks. Yeah. Um, and around the same time, somebody at work had mentioned uh, looking into autoimmune. And then I found the TED Talk by Dr. Terry Walls which all that made sense to me because when I was in high school, I'd done a full report on the mitochondria in ninth, junior, sophomore, sophomore year. What was her freshman year? Doesn't matter. Miss Wang was the name of the teacher. Yeah, hi, Miss um, Wang. And Thank I remember you. because she gave me a B for rewriting the words to a Beastie Boys song about the mitochondrial function with my lab partner. And oh I'm like, God. that is not a B, that's an A. <laughs> Do you still have that? That's amazing. No, I wish we taped it. Like oh we, my that God. would be a viral YouTube a sheet, video. Yeah. And we like colored all the little parts of the cells and we had squirt guns to the holes. And when we would oh. go to the ATP, we'd squirt the class. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, That's the, amazing. For the record, the idea of this was my partner's idea because uh, she was in the theater and I'm yeah. like, D- I'm totally down for this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, I felt a little bit silly because it's almost like I had the answer the whole time, but wasn't really conscious of it yeah or was i aware of it there's a yeah. difference in consciousness mm-hmm. and awareness mm-hmm. i think um and then when i was in seventh or eighth grade i did a technical paper that won first of the nation about hate how adhd is actually a supplemental issue not really a med- medication issue mm-hmm. and i'm like man i knew this stuff already but yeah. i didn't <laughs> yeah so i changed my diet based on what i learned from uh terry wall's um talk and then Around that same time, CrossFit was getting popular and the word paleo was getting popular. Yeah. So it was so much easier to say I'm going to eat a paleo diet 
then I'm going to remove these things from mm-hmm. my my plate. And also at that same time, I went ahead and sent my own lab workout. It was a stool test versus a, a blood test. Mm-hmm. So the genetic test came back and said that you're a carrier for a celiac. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. But I wasn't expecting celiac. I was expecting gluten sensitivity. Okay. And I wasn't expecting the casein or the soy. Yeah. But I was super pumped. I'm like, yeah. this is awesome. I just won't cook with these things. Right. And yeah. then? And then I got healthy after three months or healthier because there's always something that's broken. Right. <laughs> and then, uh, so you've been I, struggling with these things your, like your whole life. You can remember you like make this one adjustment and you're, okay, you're good to go in three months. Good-ish yeah. to go. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Super strong. I wake up one day without a headache for the first time in, in like years and years and years and years and years. And I'm like, I wake up. I can literally do anything right now. But I felt confused. So I should that's not your head, baseline like, anymore. For the yeah. Familiar pain to come yeah. in. I'm like, oh, my friend has left me. Wait, we weren't friends. Wait. That, <laughs> wait, this that was, asshole. Yeah. Oh, I changed the locks on this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I was eating well. People were noticing that um, I'm a very critical person. And I didn't realize that the perception of me that I is that I'm pretty optimistic, mm-hmm. which I thought was funny because I'm constantly looking for ways to make things better. And I overheard a conversation where someone was at the office was talking about uh, – the changes and my colleague who I thought didn't like me at all. He's like, yeah, she's such a positive person, but you definitely notice that she's got more energy behind that positivity now rather than kind of just trying to find the, the better way to do things. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. more vibrant. Taking mm-hmm. naps at your desk. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then, so uh, this entire time and even when I was in high school, I've always done some sort of counseling. So I've done bereavement and hospice counseling. I've done um, like domestic violence counseling. So I've always been in like a coaching role. So even though I was in sales and tech, I was also doing corporate coaching, like teaching had different team members, how to communicate with each other, or like helping people run deals. So I was doing this with a client who we talked about whatever it is we were talking about with the coaching and then started asking me about what are you doing differently with your food? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and essentially was like, you know, I don't have time to cook this stuff. And it was, everyone knew that I like to cook in general. Like, mm-hmm. can you just cook this for me? Right. I'm like, no, I don't cook yeah. for people. No, I just like to cook for myself. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you know, I'm willing to pay a private chef this much. And in San Francisco, you can make good money and still be poor. Mm-hmm. Yes. The because of living. the cost of living. Yeah. So I saw it as a side hustle. And within those two weeks of accepting him on as a potential client, um, I was getting my wisdom teeth removed and I had to go under for them because they were impacted yeah. and coiled yeah. around the nerve. And oh. so I, I got put under and when I came to, the oral surgeon was like, I'm so excited for you to be my private chef. So when I was not aware, I was pitching you myself like, as a private chef and so those were my first two clients. Okay, side note. I feel like we need to have people write in and tell us like the crazy shit that they did when they got their, their wisdom teeth taken out. <laughs> yeah, totally. Because when I got my wisdom teeth taken out, when I came back for my follow-up, they like gave me my teeth in a bag and I was like, I don't want these. They're like, you did. <laughs> like I was adamant like those were my teeth. You, I want them back. <laughs> Oh, so good. Yeah, like, yeah, I did not want to wear these in a necklace no, around. I, yeah, and they were, like, were in pieces, and I was like, I don't know what those are. Like, yes, you do. <laughs> you felt very strongly about that about a week ago. Okay, and then, like, my father-in-law, the same thing happened to him. He woke up, and he was, like, just his lap full of, like, tubing. And he was like, what is this? And they were like, you were adamant. You paid for that tubing. It was your tubing. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to take it home. My, do you want to hear my story really yeah, quick? Yeah, that one? <laughs> <laughs> of course. So I was in high school when I got mine out and I woke up, um, you know, I had to go under as well. And so when I woke up, I just remember my, I had like this huge yellow shirt on. I don't know why. I just remember I had a huge yellow shirt on t-shirt and I remember my mom coming in and she was like, you know, waking me up and I was coming out of anesthesia or whatever they put you under. And, um, I sat up, she sat me up to kind of like start to get up and just blood just ran down my shirt. Yeah. And I just was like, oh. <laughs> I started bawling. And then, so the nurses were like, well, she's got to go out the back door. Because if you walk out the front <laughs> and I'm just covered in blood, crying, they're like, why don't you exit out the back door? <laughs> like, we'll take you out the secret back. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. And I just remember the whole drive home. I was like. <laughs> if you're listening and you have a hilarious wisdom teeth story, please. Everyone's got one. That's so good. I got to be so you a, got a surgical client. assistant for a little while for an oral, or oral surgeon. Yeah. I've lived many lives. Uh-huh. And I shouldn't take joy in it, but like it was so cool seeing everyone's different responses coming oh, to. Yeah. And before I started, he had, he had warned me like, 
this lowers your your emotional defenses and you're super vulnerable yeah. so you never know what personality you're gonna get afterwards i'm like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's see what i can get out of these people so fun. <laughs> so fun okay yeah. so then you kind of like stumbled into being a private chef yes i i say this a lot like i'm like a reluctant and accidental yeah whatever it Which is i, I love how that happens and so I, I had those two guys that i was cooking for along with my full-time job for a few months. And yeah. My body like shut down because I was so tired. Mm-hmm. I had to choose one or the other. And ironically, today is Tyler Florence's birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Um, because I took a day off to play hooky and think about what do I want to do? Stay in corporate America? Because I don't hate my job. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are days where I never really understood why I wasn't happy about making quota, mm-hmm. but I never hated my job. Right. And uh, so I take the day off. I'm at the ferry building with my friend. And I'm all in my head, like, oh, I'm serious, got to make these decisions, blah, blah, blah. And I see a gentleman walking towards the door. So as the gentleman that I am, mm-hmm. I open the door for him. He walks through, and he's really surprised that I did that. And he's like, wow, thank you. And I'm surprised that he noticed. I'm like, whoa, you're welcome. Yeah. And he goes, Chivalry's not dead. And he walks off. And my friend is like, are you a moron? You're a fucking idiot. You're so stubborn that you took the day off to decide if you want to be a chef. And you literally opened the door for a famous chef. Are you a moron? And it was and, Tyler Florence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's probably a sign. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so there are those moments, and you're like, even if you're not like a universe person, you're like, okay. Yeah. I'm listening. Fine. Damn it. And uh, so I go, I hop on Twitter. I'm like, who's the asshole that totally <laughs> that missed just, that? Like, sorry, dude. He's like, yeah. oh my gosh, I loved it. Blah, blah blah. Started following me, and he was following my work for a while. So I went in the next day, and I quit. Here, Mike here. Thanks. <laughs> I'm like. We always do that. Yeah. It's very, it's so <laughs> Sorry with the mic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so the next day I resigned and, um, and I think it was last year or the year before uh, Tyler Florence had launched an app um, and I'd thrown a recipe into it and retold that story. And he's like, I remember you. That's so awesome. Oh my God. This is so cool. You know, I exist. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I went all in on being a private chef. I got the URL personal paleo chef and paleo personal chef. I posted on Instagram that I'm leaving my job to do this. I'm going to be leaving San Francisco shortly to start over somewhere else. Don't know where I hadn't decided necessarily in LA yet. Yeah. And the whole thing was hashtag still not homeless. Yeah. Like the next year. Yeah. <laughs> still not homeless. Yeah. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> um, and I think it, the combination of timing, opportunity, doing work, being active on Twitter, being active on Instagram allowed all these incredible people who became clients to find me. So mm-hmm. I didn't really have to do a lot of outbound. Right. Right. Oh and my here God. We are, like, four years later, still not homeless. That's so cool. <laughs> That's so cool. I love when accidental things like that happen or just like you, I feel like sometimes that whole quote of like your path will pull you along, like where you're meant to be will find its way. Sure. And I'm I'm more crunchy than she is. Way like more I'm really into the the universe and yeah, quotes and things. Yeah, capital U universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's both. Yeah. How so? Because there's there's two two ways to look at it. Um, there is the universe giving you signs, or it's just where are you in your mental state to notice these signs? Mm-hmm. I could have been at any schmo that opened the door for Tyler, then that wouldn't really matter, right? Right. I'm just the kind of woman that opens the door for anyone that I see walking through. Yeah, yeah. I just happen to be in a place where I'm thinking about wanting to be a chef. And my friend is there to hold me accountable. And she's like, I think that's a sign. So yeah. I'm ready to accept that sign. Yeah. Um, and you didn't blow her off and you're like, that's stupid. You're like, yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Right. So I, I think sometimes I think we put, this is what I mean by both, is that I feel like sometimes people put too much emphasis on the exterior mm-hmm. and, and like, not enough emphasis on like, you're capable, yeah. you're ready, you're powerful. Mm-hmm. You don't have to wait for a sign from the universe just because yeah. you feel like you're supposed to. Yeah, yeah. And like somebody saw me post something where I, I've been collecting rocks since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I, I don't necessarily like believe in the power of crystals, but they're beautiful and I love them. Yeah. And I get that they all hold different types of like actual energy from an ionic perspective. Ionic? Mm-hmm. Ions? Mm-hmm. Yep. Sure. Thank you. Yeah. My mom was a biochemist. She'd be still yeah. mad at me if I yeah. that up. <laughs> um, but so someone saw the crystals in the back and like, oh, wow, do you believe in crystals? I was like, look, I believe in these crystals as much as I believe that my orange Chuck Taylors helped the Giants win the World Series. Mm-hmm. 
whatever emphasis I want to put on the thing <laughs> right. makes it powerful and it doesn't necessarily matter what it is. If that's like a true... It's it's me yeah. putting that emphasis. So I, I, I love the symbolism around all this stuff, but I really need you guys to like believe that it's coming from within. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a slam poet by the name of Saul Williams and he says, people would rather reach up high than dig for that inner truth and grind for that inner truth mm-hmm. yeah. you know him? Mm-hmm. yes <laughs> third person in my whole life to know that <laughs> we have so many yes just like yeah you guys found each other yeah, hey, hey you found one each of these things is <laughs> not like the other <laughs> that is so funny yeah. in my former life i was super into poetry and like slam poetry do you have any to like drop on mm, me right now no no, no. okay Think no. about it. Think about it. <laughs> when she, I was like she, 17, I would have She may surprise you. She may surprise um, you. But, but see, like, would you, I mean, would you not have become a chef had you not opened the door for him in that moment? No, I probably would have. Right. That was just, it's just really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, That's I have, what I, mean, though, like, you I have know, so that. many of those magical moments. Yeah. Like getting paleochef.com was, didn't make sense. Like if that, if the person in the room didn't say check, there's no way I would have gotten it. Mm-hmm. And my, my whole life I've always felt like the universe has my back. Mm-hmm. But I think it's because I have my back too. Mm-hmm. So I set the standard for the universe to have my back. Mm-hmm. And I've been through some traumatic shit like we all have. Mm-hmm. I still have baggage from it. And people say no regrets. Like, no, there's some shit I really wish I never went through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, I, I would still be who I am without those awful experiences. Right, right. But I still think collectively the universe has my back because I show up. My only job in life is to show up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everything else can be figured out. Yeah. My husband says that all the time. Like half of it is just showing up mm-hmm. and seeing what happens. Mm-hmm. So you're in this world now. You're kind of thrust into this paleo world. And obviously it's done a ton for you. And were, did you, were you, was your entry point around the time when it was like really just starting to blow up? Yeah. Well, no, it was a little bit before that. Before that. Yeah. So you got in in this time. There where were like, no products in the store that said paleo. Got it. There were barely like quality gluten-free products. So I feel like we talk about this a lot of of how the culture has evolved to where now it's like you kind of either have to pick a team and um, pick a diet. And there's a lot of propaganda out there that's like this is the right right way. The one true way. way. But I like your perspective of being inclusive, not exclusive. And so how do you balance – kind of being um, a paleo chef, but then also making sure that it, that it's inclusive because social media, everyone wants to put people in a box. Sure. And also I feel like social media has kind of done some negative things for women. Right. And so how do you kind of approach that? Do you mean like how do I approach that? it personally in my life or how I approach no, just it with like, like the audience? your audience? Yeah. Um, I'm really clear about what I stand for and you can choose to stay or you can choose to leave. Mm-hmm. It's It's not really like... My whole life, I've not been able to fit in anywhere. And now I'm over trying to understand why. And I'm just going to like, everyone that doesn't fit in, come over here. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to start a rejection from society is what created the X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And like, they all don't fit with each other, right. but they still belong in the yeah. same group. Mm-hmm. And so like, I was told I need to have a catchphrase. That's kind of how Eat, Play, Crush was born. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, what do I do? I eat clean, play a lot. And um, my crush life. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to choose crush life at first because my whole life I've been told I'm too masculine. Too masculine for whom? And ironically, at the same time, there was a women's empowerment coach that was telling me online that you should, you'd be more successful if you were more feminine and didn't use words like conquer and crush and all these things. And so I really was going back and forth on whether or not I wanted that to be my full tagline. And, um, and I'm like, wait, wait, why am I letting someone make me feel like I don't belong? Like, this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. And... I said, all right, it's eat, play, crush. It's eat, clean, play often, crush life, or have a crush on life if crushing life's too aggressive for you. Right, like, right, whatever, right. dude, make it your own. Right. Because there's there's a hundred million ways to be happy. You have to figure out the way that's going to work for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't want to tell you what that is. People come to me to help them figure things out. I'm like, I can't help you figure it out, but I can help you figure out how to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. the extent of my responsibility. And it was a few months after that, that I was actually questioning whether eat, play crush was a good decision. And I was sitting on my couch in LA, like, Oh, I feel alive. Blah, blah, blah. And it was on my birthday. And uh, a reader was like, I have a surprise for you. And she tweeted at me. She tattooed eat, play crush on her arm. Oh Cause God. she'd lost a hundred pounds and 
could never distill what she was doing. And she had made Eat Precash her own motto in her own way. And my friend was over and a different friend. And she's like, is that good enough sign for you? Can't change it now. <laughs> yeah. Can't be like, oh, awkward. <laughs> the next day you change it's it. And she's yeah. like, what have I done? Oh my God. Uh, and so I, I frame it that way. Like when people ask me questions, I go, I don't know what you, what do you think? How do you feel? Mm-hmm. Was well, dairy paleo? I go, I don't know if it's paleo, but how do you feel after you eat it? Not great. Don't fucking eat it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's your answer. Well, that's the other thing is like everyone wants to have an answer or just say I want to come to you and you tell me what to do because then the onus is off of me people think I'm a nutritionist all the time and there's nothing on my profile that says that I'm always like hey I'm just a chef I advise you talk to a professional I advise you do a full pituitary panel because what I eat and you eat will be different and what you eat now versus six months from now will be different and if you don't know how to figure this out you're probably one of the very few people that does that though because I feel like so many people assume the role of a nutritionist this is like our the thing our that's biggest pet, crazy pet right pre, now pet is peeve. like people who have no business whatsoever or no knowledge, it, like true scientific knowledge behind nutrition who are like, come join my nutrition program or anything. And like, you are just, yeah, it's da- so dangerous and so oh, yeah. reckless or being a life coach. That's yeah, my life coach. I don't like that term. I don't even have a sound in me to respond to that. By yeah, the way, yeah, she just rolled her eyes. It's okay. I that, wish you guys could just just imagine the eye roll that she yeah. just did because it was profound. It's more of like a twitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And it, like on the topic of life coaches yeah. or mentors or or things like that, I don't really believe in mentors. I believe everyone I encounter, whether it's just walking past them on the street or someone like even talking to you guys, I can get some knowledge, even just in your body language, which is a mentorship moment. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean I have one person I'm going to go to to talk things out. Because at some point in your life, you should be getting more advice from yourself than anything external. The whole thing like believing in yourself. Like, I think it comes from playing tennis. No one's allowed to play to talk to the player during a match, mm-hmm. not even the coach. Mm-hmm. So for the whole match, which sometimes is four to six hours, you are assessing yourself. You are coaching yourself. You're forgetting the last thing you did. And so I really emphasize like you have to be your own advocate at all times. So taking, even taking advice from someone who is a nutritionist, who is a doctor, take it with a grain of salt. Right. My doctors told me I had lupus and cancer. They wanted to remove parts of my body. Were they going to return that once we found out I was a celiac? <laughs> Can I have a refund on those parts? <laughs> oh my God. Faulty. I like a refund, please. Uh, But I think getting to that point, too, of like becoming an advocate for your health, I don't think we're not taught that as kids. So like advocate for your health, we're taught to trust doctors. And like I hit a moment when I was in my 20s of the same thing where I was just going through all this health crap. And I'm like, I saw a speech by so kind of similar to your experience where I saw someone speaking about health and wellness. And she was like, I had to become my own health advocate. And I'd never heard that before. And I was like, well, now it makes sense of like, we know our bodies best, right. but I don't think we're taught that to really. And that makes sense of not being taught that in back then. Mm-hmm. But now there's no excuse not to know that mm-hmm. back then we didn't have the social media to right. like find this whole. No, not at all. all just not at all. Yeah. yeah. Now all the resources are there. People, I don't, are they, I don't know. Are they lazy? Are they ignorant? Mm-hmm. Are they, are they overwhelmed? Like what is it? And how do we make that message more clear? I think right. too, like with, like while you do have a lot more resources, I think there's also, creates even more of an opportunity for you to give their give your power over to someone else in that in that you know in that field of your life like we were talking about this the other night about you know if you're somebody's coach suddenly it's your responsibility for their like their response their health is your responsibility Mm -hmm. and they're like well if I'm not getting fit I'm not losing weight if I'm not blah 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 then that's your fault it's not on me I'm not you know it's like not on that person for they're not putting in the effort they're not yeah whatever it's like it's your fault because you're their coach and it's your responsibility now because they've like put given you that role in, in their life whether you've you know, ask for it or not. Right. And I think that's the same kind of thing. Like with, you know, you're saying like all these people want you to be a nutritionist. And I think that's why people who are utterly unqualified can get huge traction by pretending to have the answers. Cause that's what people want is they want someone else to take over and say like, sure. okay, I'm going to, you know, like give you the power in this area of my life because I don't feel like, you know, whether, whether it's lazy or whether it's just like lack of self-confidence or whether it's just like, this is how, you know, this is the thing that I want to try. It's like, you are so willing to hand that over to somebody or a lot of people are so willing to hand that over to somebody else. 
and they want somebody else to be responsible for it because then I think then if they fail, it's not on them. It's on sure. somebody else. I have a friend that if you ask him what his belief practice is, he says, I'm part of the church of radical responsibility or the, the church of personal <laughs> response or something of that. That's really yeah. like kitschy. And I wish, I don't know how to teach somebody that. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe you are dependent on an external until you're ready. Mm-hmm. I don't want to feel like those people are, are lost causes, but maybe it just takes make, maybe it takes being bamboozled until you realize that you are going to be your best advocate. Right. Or having somebody totally screw you over to be like, Oh, when was the last time you guys were bamboozled? I was thinking about that. I was thinking about like how we often talk about like you can't bypass seeking. Like there's always um, something in your life that you're kind of looking for, striving for, but you can't bypass like the shitty parts. Like whatever. Stop trying to skip the struggle. Yeah. Stop trying to to skip the struggle. Ooh, that's hard to say. Um, (laughs) Say it again. Say it again. (laughs) Stop trying to skip the struggle. Boom. You earned yourself an ice cream. You didn't skip the struggle of that sentence. Red leather, yellow leather. (laughs) Um, But I think that that's like a, like bamboozled. We're kind of like falling on your face. Is that what you're kind of looking at? Like Fall when you in your feel- face or maybe maybe trusting a situation or do you have one or are we just so wise that doesn't happen I'm anymore? so wise and perfect <laughs> god I feel like we were I was talking about this, we were talking about this yesterday we were um with somebody else and I was saying like so I recently quit my job just was yes See, okay. It's okay. So here's funny. the thing. This is, this so is funny. funny. Yeah. When I tell people who are entrepreneurs that they're like, that yes. is so exciting. Go, you know, you go through. And when I tell people who aren't, they're like, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. like, I have all these amazing, like badasses in my community yeah. who are like, yeah, you go. And then like my in-laws are like, what are you doing? <laughs> and they may not ever change their mind. You yeah. could still be successful or whatever right. definition of that is. And they'll still be like, you need stability. Right. Why, whatever that your means. Health right. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, I feel like I'm like right on the, I could at any moment head into bamboozled, right? Like I was talking about talking to this yesterday. I was saying like, um, you know, if you talk about the leap of faith, like I'm still in the free fall portion of leap of faith right now. But this is where you're like break dancing in the air. Right. <laughs> but then also, pan- but then like break dancing panic face though. <laughs> I mean, I look panic when I break dance because yeah. I suck. <laughs> Yeah. She's having you a great go time. back to your job at any time? I yeah. So where's the panic coming from? The fact that I don't want to have to do that. You don't have to do that. I, but I don't want to have to. Like I don't want to like get to the point where I feel like I have to do that. But that energy could be so better spent on something else. I know that. What are you gonna do with your with your newfound fucking freedom? I'm, I'm sorry. I was supposed to ask about cursing ahead of time. <laughs> okay, we'll just warn people at the You're beginning. Fine. Disclaimer. Okay. You're fine. <laughs> what am I gonna do? That's a, that's the question. That's a million dollar question. Just try to figure out how to connect more people and what do you feel like doing somebody to pay me for it what do i feel you want to like do it with media with like podcast stuff mm-hmm. you want to have a product like a fat fudge you want to really have a like service to do i'd love to be a nutritionist <laughs> she wants to be I a life be a nutrition coach. coach not nutritionist nutrition nutrition coach, coach. um <laughs> i would love to open a gym um and i would love to do more media stuff and like bring together creators yeah to like figure out how we can we were talking about this yesterday like within podcasting if you're not like with a syndicated network it's just a, you get lost you get There's totally so lost. M- it's saturated now so like how can you create a network or a standard to where like you know how do people find new podcasts they go to itunes they go to the top 10 list if you're not a npr podcast chances are or you're not hosted by a celebrity chances are you're not gonna be in the top 10 podcast list sure so how can you create a resource so that people can say, okay, I know this is a trusted source. If I want to don't give away podcast, our idea, look at you. <laughs> I'm cutting that out. <laughs> I don't think people are gonna steal our idea. People are gonna find out pretty My soon. My fat fudge recipe is still public. Oh, really? It's still public, and I've had one, two, three, four, five copycats. Three of which are really big companies, and people wow. just don't succeed when they try to copy either. That's true. That is very the imitation true. Imitation is weak. The yeah. Follow through is weak. That's very true. So like. Yeah, share the idea. Yeah. Good luck, son. Good luck. <laughs> well, I'm still stuck on this question. I'm like, I mean, because I feel like I'm constantly struggling. Like, how do you? Oh, <laughs> struggling with the bamboozle. Yeah, the bamboozle with, with thing. other with with 
like environments like people are bamboozling you oh no 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 the last time was like when you were in your old job that's what i was thinking of yeah yeah how long ago was um four years ago um track yeah, I was in a just so a due. shitty job. I know. I'm like, I'm due for some. <laughs> I mean, I can bamboozle you today if you want. Sure. I'll tell you it's blueberry just... when it's really like, I don't know. <laughs> Microphone for your mouth. Dang yeah. it. She's fine. I I'm can gonna hear her. I'm going to have this hand here yeah. so I can move it. I know. <laughs> just all of it for with one hand. We'll get you like a ribbon dancer. So yeah. You can just... Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like duct tape it to her hand. Yeah. So Wait, just... so in six months, I look forward to seeing, uh, I look forward to either visiting your gym or seeing mm-hmm. the wireframe for the gym. She's like a Lisa. Mm-hmm. Like she's going to give you a run for the, your money. Her. I yeah. became a fudge packer. If I can do this, anybody, anybody can leave okay, their job. Okay, but hold on. Hold on. So when you were in that moment. Which moment? Like the moment of taking free, a leap. The free fall. The free of the fall of, of sure. the break dancing. Um, what was your thought process? I So I was known as a flight hazard in Silicon Valley already because the day I didn't like my job was the day I resigned and I would just find a new job. I didn't do the whole find a new job before I quit because mm-hmm. I always knew that you could always find something else. Mm-hmm. So there was just it was literally just how am I going to figure this out? And I could always go back. OK, it was I was more focused on what am I going to build? Mm-hmm. And it was saying it was setting up a lot of gigs, mm-hmm. making sure I was going to make a decent amount of cash flow coming in. Um, I didn't really have that fear. I had the fear more so. Did I have the fear, hesitation, apprehension with with fat fudge? Maybe. I mean, I still sometimes think about how everything that I'm doing now is very temporary and can be pulled out under from out from under me. But I've also been through three acquisitions in tech, which everything's getting pulled from you as well. So yeah. it's no different. Yeah, it's no different. I've been a bar back. I've been a surgical assistant. I've done uh the volunteer work at the hospitals i was a salesperson for pavers i was a receptionist i mean i've had any like your, odd job your qualifications are just like across the board i'll figure you you'll figure, figure it, it out. out yeah i slept in my car for three months in a period of my life when i still had a job but that's a completely different story like i don't i don't have time to spend on the oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god i mm-hmm. would rather spend that time on like let me just build it let me see if it works. If it doesn't work, no big deal. I'll pivot and try something else. Mm-hmm. But that's a very strong personality trait. Is that not a lot of people? That or are you born no, with you're that? born with that. Dang it! And you're you're I can't create like a five five. So bullet what you're saying bullet is yeah. What you're saying is you can't you sell this as an online program. Damn like, it! Take a piece of. <laughs> there goes my whole 2018. <laughs> I wanted to next be you're a life have to coach. Scrap your entire like email campaign that you just built this morning. I never sent email campaigns. I'm the worst, worst marketer. I have an email list built on both Fat Fudge and Paleo mm-hmm. Chef. I never email them. <laughs> I don't do sponsored posts. I do I do any of that. And I feel, sometimes I feel really stupid. I mean, I are you know. successful? Yeah. What is success? What Having is no regrets? Defining, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm asking successful. you, are you oh. successful? Yeah, like, I have no regrets and I'm, I'm fairly happy. Yeah. And do you need to email your people? I mean, if I want to grow fat fudge, that makes sense. And if my people are signing up because they expect to hear from me, I probably should. So I'm working on getting better at that. I think part of it's being a company of one person on right, both yeah. ends. Yeah. Whatever. When I do have free time, I just want to drink tequila at the beach. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't want to write an email I, yet, but I'm working on it. I would totally be on that train too. Because I, the last thing I would want to do is the write. tequila on the beach train? Yes. Great. You guys go drink tequila on the beach. I'll write both your emails. <laughs> She'll write the emails. I love doing that. <laughs> doing that. Sweet. She loves doing that. So you're gonna ha- you're gonna have an amazing uh, emancipation from your corporate life. Yes, because you do all the work that I'm going to skirt. Because <laughs> I love email campaigns. Yeah. Yes, I do. Um, I have to know because I'm a therapist by day, so I have to like ask these weird questions. But like, who? And I get to say no. Yeah. <laughs> Where was your influence of like? Okay. You so you are born born with that personality trait of just being like I just don't worry about that. Is that but a fact or is that an opinion? I do think it's a fact. I really do. I do think it's a fact. So it's an opinion. No, what you're saying is your so opinion you're is, that is a fact. So what you're saying is <laughs> words are very powerful, man. No. no. Um, <laughs> so who were your influences growing up? Um. Oh, I grew up in uh, an Egyptian home, Coptic Egyptian. And not a lot of exposure to pop culture or American culture until I started to go to public school. Mm-hmm. 
What does Coptic Egyptian mean for people who might not know? Uh, Coptic Christian is the oldest form of Christianity. Mm -hmm. Ancient Egyptians are called Coptics. There's Mm -hmm. only a small percentage of them left in the world. Um, And it was through revolutions that Egypt became an Arabic country in the Middle East versus just the Copts. Um, And now they're trying to, radicals are trying to um, wipe out that race entirely, which is why my parents came here. Um, And it's a very mystical, mystical faith. Like, I was raised to be inclusive because of that that form of Christianity mm-hmm. where it's, my mom's like, you know, they're all kind of the same. And it's really about your relationship with the higher being, not necessarily all these structures. And it's I've been it's really cool to go back to Egypt. We haven't been able to go back since the revolution, but we used to go back every year and visit places and touch things that were being taught. So mm-hmm. I've I, I will never take for granted the connection I have with the faith that I was raised in. Mm hmm. My dad was like ordained by the Pope of the Coptic uh, community, and my mom wanted to be a nun. Like it's a horror. Oh wow, there. yeah, it's really beautiful. Uh, so I was raised in that environment, and um, my parent. I'm very lucky in which my parents are very traditional, but they've never asked me to be anything other than who I am. Mm-hmm. So when I veered away from tradition, they weren't pumped on it, but they never said like you're wrong, stay mm-hmm. within these lines. Um, and so I have. I, I think I'm definitely a combination of the both of them in that way because my mom is very outspoken, a lot of energy and very loving and very generous. And uh, and I get that from her. And then my dad is like, you could never bullshit my dad. Like he, like he just, no. And his... <laughs> Human lie detector. Yeah, it's awesome because I think I got that too. And then my dad was very scrappy. I didn't know until much later in life. So my dad's an engineer. My mom's a biochemist. Um, and my mom had to go back to school again when she came to the States because the, the academics were an equivalent. So she was, had a career, had three kids, well, two at the time and three later. And, uh, and I still saw her every morning and every night. Like, oh my God. I don't, I will never be that amazing. Just be, just be real. I barely can take care of my dog. Um, then, even send emails to my followers. It's true. It's true. I'm a failure. Thank you for pointing that out. Again, 2018. Interview over. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up again. Just to hear the microphone yeah. drop. Yeah. <laughs> so Mary's left. Um, Joy and Claire killed my dreams. <laughs> but uh, my so my dad was an engineer, but I didn't know this till much later that we had a an, a really nice townhouse in New Hampshire, which is where I was born. Mm-hmm. And uh, I never, I don't remember ever being without. But my dad, I guess, would uh, stock produce in the morning, go to his engineering job and then do dishes at night. And I had no idea until like I was a late teen that my dad even did that. So like scrappiness, I didn't know that I had, but I must've like felt it in some way. Yeah. Um, and then, and then before going to public school, I was very quiet, bows in my hair. My mom made all my clothes, always in dresses. If I needed anything in the house, I would go to my mom like, can I have some water? And she's Mm -hmm. like, Bint, which means girl, it's your house. Like, go get some yeah, water. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then my first day of school, uh, I went to a primarily white school and I was really confused who to talk to. And I saw these two brown kids and I assumed they were Egyptian in my mind. So I go running over and I'm like speaking Arabic, like, Ahlan Sahlan. And the kid's like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, what? what is happening? <laughs> Can't hang out with them, I guess. Not welcome. <laughs> Um, and my first, my first experience at school was like being shoved in the tan bark and being thrown into the Ivy by boys and girls, like calling me names and making fun of me. And I would still try to like figure out how to, to fit in and never really could. I was super bullied. So I just played sports and in sports, as long as I brought value, I get picked on a team. So I, I, I'm not competitive about a lot of things but I am very competitive about being the person that's going to deliver more value in any way. And like my friendships, I'm always doing more, giving more at work. I'm always over delivering. If you go to my LinkedIn, you'll see a lot of recommendations like Mary will always go above and beyond. La, 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 la. Um, it's not healthy by the way, <laughs> but it is what I do. <laughs> um, and I think it was it. a combination of having really, I mean, I have parents that love me <clears throat> unconditionally and I don't ever want to take that for granted. Um, so that combined with being kicked in the nads and mm-hmm. having to figure out how to still be at school. Cause I never told my parents about this stuff. I didn't want it to be their burden. Mm-hmm. So I think those two things. You mentioned like mentoring earlier and, or just mentors and like how you have to kind of be your own mentor, but talking to him, like it, 
to have that perspective and that personality is such a gift. And just hearing you talk, I'm like, oh, it's so rad. Like you, you have such a unique perspective on things that I think a lot of people don't really think a lot about. Like, I don't know, just um, like being your own mentor, like something like that is just like, how did you come to that realization of like, well, I need to do this myself. Like I can take influence from other people, but at the end of the day, it's just me and me. I remember having a, uh, a moment and I must have been three or four because my brother was either on his way or, or just a baby and having this, I was behind my parents' bed by the bookshelf sitting and I remember saying to myself, your parents are different. Your parents are different and you won't be allowed to do anything your friends can do and it's not their fault and don't be bad at them and it's okay. And you were like a toddler. Yeah. Super weird, right? Yeah. Like super weird. It's As not a reminder, it's just very... my child threw poop this morning. <laughs> I'm sure I was doing that too. So most, most children at that age are throwing poop and you're and, having like a self-actualization moment. And the other memory I have being really that young too, I, mean, I have all my little interaction memories, yeah. but I also remember crying a lot. My mom would be like, what's wrong? And me being like, you're going to die. We're all going to die. Oh my God. Everyone's dying. Like, oh, oh my God. So you yeah. were like the most self-realized yeah. four-year-old ever. Now I suck. <laughs> now I have to like super, bring it back. Yeah. Super old soul. Yeah. Um, and I I think that I took that whole personal responsibility to heart because mm-hmm. I couldn't blame my parents for not being able to spend it at my friend's house. I had to figure out a different way. And then getting picked on in school and being like, this is my responsibility. How do I navigate this stuff? And then I remember um, in corporate America, I had a, a colleague give me a, an amazing idea he was going to pitch. We go to the, to the meeting and the SVP took his idea and gave him no credit. And I would like, I lost my shit. And I was like, I think his name is Greg, Peter, whatever his name is. I'm like, John, probably yeah, John. whatever. I, <laughs> probably John. Fucking John. And I go, there, I there go, that more. is not your idea. That is his idea. Be your own. Awesome. Don't take someone else's awesome. I was like so mad. Um, and that's where this whole, that's when it, that's when the, consciousness of it became awareness i was always conscious of this personal responsibility but then i became aware of giving it a name like be your own awesome in that way um and then it was it was constantly reminding people of that and then once i left corporate america and i got into the world of of like authors who are self-help people and then i learned that a majority of them don't write their books and some of them don't even read their books. I'm like, great. Another book about some from written by someone I don't know, yeah. giving advice to a life I, I don't have. And I'm mm-hmm. like, Fuck. which they themselves don't even necessarily believe in. Yeah. 100%. I and have it hurts really, me. I have a big problem with self-help books. There's like yeah. five that I'll read and the rest of them I'm like, and they're don't. all by Brene Brown. Yeah. <laughs> Brene Brown. <laughs> I, I trust her. She has five out. Good for her. She's got a lot of books. Well, she started like in the trunk of her car yeah, yeah. before she blew up on the TED Talk. But um, I just have a huge issue with people writing books, telling you how to live your life. Mm-hmm. And just from my perspective, even when I see patients and people come to me for therapy, it's like, I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. Right. It's the same thing of like, you're not here to give people answers. No. And I don't think anyone should assume that role. The best that you are the book expert. is a journal. Oh my God. Like, here's your self-help book. Empty pages. Mic drop. <laughs> I love that. It's the truth, though. I feel experience. like Oprah right now. I just had this, like, I feel like, Oprah right <laughs> like aha moment. So like, humble. Like, Oprah, aha. Uh-huh. No, not me being Oprah. <laughs> I, no, I meant, like, how nerdy I just was. I, was, like, oh. I just had, like, the you biggest. Like Tom Cruise on Oprah. Yeah, I feel like Tom Cruise on Oprah, where I just had, like, the biggest aha moment. That's so true. People ask me how, and I'm like, experience. How do you do this? Yeah. I experience. Totally how do you experience. figure that out? I fucked up. Yeah. Like, that's how everything gets, that's, that's, it is. Like, at experience. the end of the day, everyone just needs to chill the F out, stop compare, comparing themselves, and get to know themselves. So and much like, more classy. Chill the F just out versus chill the me. F out. Blah! Bombs! <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's the thing, too, is that I am so, I'm very scared of people when I walk in their house, and it's filled with self-help books. I'm terrified of people like that. I'm like, wait, so you're well-read and everything you've learned has come out of a book? Oh, my goodness. You know what it is? It's that 
constant, constant seeking because they're so uncomfortable. Because I went through a phase like that. I went through a phase of like two years just trying anything. I I was desperate for answers. Mm -hmm. And I was really just like uncomfortable with myself. It's like... And then I think like when you're so focused on self-help and you have those people who are constantly going to like reading the books, going to the seminars, listening to the podcast. Seeking versus doing. Yes. And then their entire world just becomes about themselves. Yeah. So now all you are is this like completely like literal self-centered. Like you yourself is at the It's very self-centered. And it's like, okay, now the only thing that's ever going to happen is you're just going to keep inflating and inflating and inflating. And you know, that like now, now your hole is just getting bigger and bigger. Well, yeah. The, yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. it's com- completely going down the wrong path yeah. because when I was in that mode, I never had any happiness and I didn't feel like those were giving me anything back. I had like a couple good wisdom nuggets here and there, Sure, but really what co- it comes down to is like giving back and, and doing things for other people and like getting out of your head and not focusing on yourself so much. So like the self-help books just make you focus more on what you don't have. Yeah. So that self-development, I don't think a lot of people realize self-development is a privilege. Like when I see people like I'm at so-and-so retreat and we're doing this breath and then the five, and I'm like, do you know how much good you could be doing right now? Yeah. Because there's so many other issues that if you got involved in and, and sacrificed your time to help, you would be getting lessons far more profound than being able to show off mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that retreat or that mastermind or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I and it's a I, I'm constantly like on this fine line of how do I get people to understand that? Because I'm not saying that stuff is 100% wrong if it's used correctly, mm-hmm. but I get bummed when people get lost in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there can be some value if if it leads you into that next phase. But if you just th- sit there in it forever, I think to your point, it's like all you end up doing is just amp- like amplifying totally what you're amplifies. already going through. Yeah. yeah, and I'm just speaking from my own experience, but I was just like I was devouring it, and it was just like spinning my wheels. I think you're right though that it does start from a place of like we're you feel like you're out of resources, and you're like, well, I guess I'm gonna go buy a Doctor Oz book now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <clears throat> So, okay, do you, <laughs> do you have an Dr. Oz book? Yeah. <laughs> no. All, all self-help books I have in cookbooks have been sent to me, not purchased. All self-help books and cookbooks have been sent? Sent by yeah. authors, yeah. I think the only books that I've, I purchased, like when I first quit corporate America, I bought this book, The $100 Startup. Mm-hmm. Um, and I read like the first couple chapters and he was talking about how uh, this paleo company did something I'm like oh cool I'm on the right track book yeah. closed yeah like, All right, I'm good <laughs> and then a few years later the author Chris reached out to me I guess he started following my work and then that photo was just featured on his podcast list last week and he never knew that that was the only like real business book that I bought and, oh, that's, I, and you only read the first like so 30 great pages. I was like oh look there's my sign done because <laughs> I mean it was a book about like do the work and, and then everything else will fall right. into place right. I was like, oh cool yeah there was there was nothing new that was uh tactical yeah. I prefer reading um fiction and poetry and watching documentaries and also just watching Grey's Anatomy on repeat. Oh yeah. Why not? (laughs) How else are you going to learn about rare cardiac disorders? Well, it's my emotional porn. So when I feel like I need to cry, I will watch Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) Just like completely. Yeah. Maybe I need to do that because I will avoid shows that make me cry. No, it's a really good release. I really need to do that. I'll purposely not watch something because I'm like, I don't want to cry right now. There was a show called In Plain Sight, Mary McCormick, and it was uh, this agent that helped with um, witness protection. And the character's name is Mary. And mm-hmm. then the monologue, it would, it would come on before or after Grey's Anatomy. And the mono- everything she said was like speaking to my soul. So the show became like the check-in with myself every week. Yeah. And then they canceled the show and I didn't know what to do with oh. my life. How do I check in myself? Like I need... I don't want to go to therapy. I or when I like show. characters on Grey's Anatomy and they kill them. Oh and I'm like, my God. Damn you, Shonda Rhimes. Stop it. Shonda. I mean, like the first season, I remember that. I was just like. I had to stop what... watching after the second season. Like I quit. I, I was out so early. I tapped out of Grey's Why? Anatomy so early because so many people were dying that I liked. And I was like, I can't handle this. I think yeah. you're on like season 15 now. Yeah, no, I know. This is in like 2006. Oh, yeah. Like, like... I tapped out real early from that show. <laughs> So I was like, I can't handle it. <laughs> like I tapped out when Donnie died. Like first, oh, first character, first character death. I was out. I was like, what? This is what you're gonna do? I can't handle this for indefinite amounts. Of- 
That's so good. So, good. <laughs> so what do you watch for funsies? 30 Rack over and over. That's awesome. Yeah. And I really, I recently, I have been rewatching The Good Place also over and over. Good Place. Which is good. I like The Comeback. I rewatch The Comeback all the time. I don't know what The Comeback is. Uh, it's an HBO show with Lisa Kudrow. It's basically like she's a washed up actress yeah. that's trying to come back and be relevant. It's they hilarious. did one with Matt LeBlanc. Yeah. Where he was playing himself in in the show. It was really funny. <laughs> Great. It yeah. was so good. Yeah. I watched all of it's, it in a week. It was really like not, uh, not you yeah. pick crush of me. <laughs> okay. So we, I'm so sad. We're kind of like almost out of time. Cause I'm like, I just want to talk more. Um, because I've had so selfishly, I'm like yeah. I've had so many aha moments. Um, okay, I have no life today. I was gonna take you guys to ice cream after this. Well, that's, what you want? That's just so great. We'll just, Can we just take the recorder outside and start walking and talking? <laughs> we do a walk and talk. Not awkward. Um, <laughs> people don't stare at all. We do no. this in, in coffee shop sometimes. People yeah. are looking at us like, should I know who you are? Like, are yeah, you famous? Are you right. important? Why are you recording this mm-hmm. coffee shop? We're like, yes, we're very famous. And yes, important. When do. I first moved here, I would go out with a hat pulled down really low so and my thing up. Like, and just to be like, so <laughs> people like, oh, who's she? What is she doing? She do- yeah. <laughs> you want to know me. Awesome. You really do want to know me. <laughs> um, I do want to know about Fat Fudge and um, what was that? Pro- like, how was it? What was it like to birth that project? It's that being like, birthed. Yeah. Like, where did it come from? <laughs> and what was later. <laughs> like, talk yeah. about that process. Okay, so I was a big goo user. Yeah. You really like the product? Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. so awesome. Some people yeah. are scared to tell me they don't like it. They're no. like, oh, I like it. I go, do you really? No. Yeah. It's not sweet enough. I mean, it's cool. I don't care. Be honest. Be on awesome. Yeah. You're like, tell <laughs> me. Um, uh, so I was, I always do, I used goo a lot. Like, so much so where I'd be in Vegas with friends and they'd be using drugs and I'd be using the goo to, like, stay and party with them. <laughs> <laughs> I can keep up. Uh, and I go paleo and I learn everything about it. I'm like, oh, this is actually not really a great choice. Um, but I, but in my mind, I knew that one day I need to come up or find a replacement. So why were you using it all the time? Just because it was convenient and you liked it? or it Super delicious? convenient, a good amount of calories. Um, I like the, the, the medicine-y taste to it. I like things that are like a little... A little medicinal? Yeah, I don't like super sweet Do you stuff. have like an herbal tincture background? No, I oh. am, but I'm Egyptian alchemist. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, like kids who grew up like eating herbs typically yeah. like, like that medicinal flavor. Well, it's, it, what's interesting is that like it, that was created intuitively, accidentally, but intuitively. And then like when I do cook for my clients and I do consult with their nutritionist, they're like, how did you know to use this herb? I'm like, honestly, you're going to think I'm weird. Like they tell me what's going on. I'm in their house. And then I go and I smell the herbs and I pick them that way. So I don't want to be labeled a nutritionist because I'm just, <laughs> all right. <laughs> just, um, so this works. And I knew that I wanted to come up with some sort of replacement to goo for my own selfish reasons. And then I got asked to do some consulting with the Oracle sailing team and they wanted food on the water. And I'm like, man, that goo replacement would be really great. And the, the best recommendation I could go, do was getting the different supplements they wanted in powder form. And I said, you know, you can grind down chia seeds with powder and then, fill that with liquid and it's good pouches from the water. So that was like my attempt, but it was the best for that at that time. And then, um, and then I make unicorn fuel, which is, uh, my coffee answer to bulletproof. Cause a lot of people, a lot of my clients didn't like, uh, bulletproof compared to their latte. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, these are the spices I want them to have in there. So all the spices that are in fat fudge were being blended into a coffee with some tahini cause tahini is life in the middle East, mm-hmm. sweet or savory. And, uh, and I called it unicorn fuel as a joke and it went viral and a year into existence, it was, uh, voted one of the best coffee hacks of that year, right next to bulletproof. And I'm like, Oh, cool. Great. Unicorn fuel. Yay. Stuck with that name. Um, (laughs) and then, uh, and then I was making separately tahini butter fat bombs for these professional athletes because we need to get more calories in their diet. And then there's a dessert. In, in the Middle East called halawa or halva, and it's just honey that's been boiled to a certain temperature, and then you mix in tahini, and it will uh, crystallize once it's in the fridge for the next couple of days, and that's called halawa. And I was making that dessert for myself. I mistimed the honey, and I knew it wasn't going to uh, um, crystallize, mm-hmm. so I poured in a bunch of the unicorn fuel ingredients just to make fudge. And the next day, I take a bite of my 
fudge. And I'm like, oh, this is delicious. Wait. <laughs> Lightning bolt. All these things house. connect. It's all coming together. <laughs> and then I just mess with the, the amounts and make this amount yeah. that's fat fudge. And so then that's a recipe that I initially called it functional fudge. So yeah. boring. This is, yeah, so niche. I love. You should put yeah. it in like those baby food pouches. What's you know, those baby? Can, you know, you don't have With the plastic food. top? Yeah. No, that's extra plastic. In yeah, the you can recycle plastic. that stuff though. Mm. Mm. No, I don't like that idea. Mm-mm. But thank you. No, I'm thanks. so obsessed with those things. It's like all my childhood. That has a pouch at the top now. There's a I new. I know, but you can't reseal it. Because it's a single serving. Yeah. It's a single serving. That's Stop. fair. Don't listen to her. Don't listen <laughs> to like, her. I want like just no. quits her job and thinks that she's, she's a professional entrepreneur. <laughs> Mostly, I just I think am she's like a life coach all now. I all I all my child eats are in sure. yeah, baby yeah. food pouches. This pouch is form. so easy for runners and athletes to yeah. put in pouches and things yes. like that. That's what I um, like. And then some people like it cold, so like to cut the complete top off. Yeah, because oh. they like it solid. Yep. Because it, it hardens. I've eaten it that way too. Yeah, yeah. And, and we can blend it in your yeah. coffee, whatever it is you want to do with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There so will be kids. Style. There will be a kid-sized one mm-hmm. in the future with with more focus on kid nutrients. Um, so that recipe I posted, and it went viral. And then a bunch of people were posting pictures of it in sandwich baggies. Like, you must turn this into a product. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, nah, I don't know if I want to. And um, I was like, I'll just try it. So I like bought uh, those those vacuum seal food grade bags and mm-hmm. cut little packages and mm-hmm. sealed them with an Amazon sealer. I'm like, okay, this could kind of work. And so I, um, put on a unicorn head, turned on Periscope and posted to Instagram. Okay. There's 50 yes. orders going up. I love it. I had my citrine in my lap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, That's awesome. and, uh, and I go, uh, 50 orders of 600 packs. I go, this is the price. If you guys want to buy it and it sells, I'll make you some. And that sold uh, in an hour. All 50 orders. Like, oh, shit, I got to figure out how to like actually do 600 packets. Yeah. And I was looking at who bought it. And um, and it and it was like like Michelle from Nom Nom was one of the first customers. And I'm like, if she likes it, it means yeah. it's going to succeed. Yes. And it was just so much interesting people that are like, yeah, I want to buy this. So then mm-hmm. I was doing that every Monday. I would do it at a certain time, 50 orders, because the most I could do per week was the 600 packets. Yeah. And I got to the point where it was selling out in under one second. And people were like, I'm setting my calendar reminder. And I missed, is this a Beyonce ticket? Like, why is it so complicated? <laughs> like, people were mad at me. And the yeah. whole time, my recipe is public. Right. Like, you Don't can make be yourself. mad at me. Yeah. <laughs> and then it, it was like, okay, clearly I have approved out the concept. Let me see yeah. if I can scale it. I didn't want to get a bank loan. I didn't want investors. I didn't want to go into Shark Tank. Um, and I didn't want to do a Kickstarter. So I said to my audience, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to try to figure it out. I got to find a manufacturer. This is the cost of what it's going to be approximately. Mm-hmm. So if you guys want to pre-order it, knowing that I don't know what I'm doing and it might take six months to get you a product, you'll either get a refund for that order, yeah. which you don't get the refund on Kickstarter. For yeah, did, right. Or you'll get a product in hand. And I needed to raise about 50000 mm-hmm. and $90,000 in pre-orders came in in one month for a product that doesn't exist. That's amazing. What? Bam. Bam. That's crazy. So that's, I was able to start the business yeah. that way. And, um, it's still fully self-funded. It's still just me. It's in about 200 retail locations. It's on thrive. It's on Amazon. Anyone that you've seen post about it is all doing it because I love the product. I haven't spent a dollar in marketing yet. All that's going to change this yeah. year. I have to like, grow up as a business. Um, and I probably could have gone a little bit faster had I done some of the conventional stuff, mm-hmm. but I don't think I would have the confidence in the business that I would have. I don't think I would have the audience that will fight for the death. If somebody does try to take the product. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm in it for the long game. Yeah. And like, I'm really excited for the, the places I want to take it next. And I have a lot of pride in like having done it just me and like my dog when I would talk to him about it. <laughs> oh, that's so Brad. I love that. I love that story. And I love that you're just like, I'm doing my own, my own path with it. Like, like the email list, like it'll fucking come around. Yeah. But I also love like, that it's like, it's, this will it's last. public. You can make this yourself, but yeah. yet still it's like hugely popular. Yeah. The, like the recipe is still public. I don't ever plan on taking that down because mm-hmm. I, I get that my, my product fat fudge isn't crazy expensive. Like it could be, but I also know that it's not super cheap either. So either you have the choice of buying it or like, here's how you can make it if you want to get your own ingredients mm-hmm. yeah. and then also modify it. Like it's going to take me a while to get a, a packet of fat fudge for every type of need. So modify it mm-hmm. how you need right now. Mm-hmm. Anything like coming up that we should be uh, expecting from you other than the growing of fat fudge? 
Are there um, any things that like you have left a five-year plan or like things that you want to create could be dead in five years i dude. know i think the same way <laughs> oh my God. um <laughs> no uh, wrapping up some cookbook stuff more fat fudge i'm right now the vegan and the strawberry which is so delicious i want to launch that so bad going back and forth on like i'm in a position now where i'm accepting pitches from investors so i'm learning a lot about that process oh, cool. yeah and i know it's unique to be in the receiving end of the pitch mm-hmm. versus the out there pitching yeah um but i also might just do another pre-order for vegan and a pre-order for mm-hmm. strawberry to get that going so if i need to call upon the army in that awesome more pop-ups and then um relaunching the video podcast with the cooking show that yeah, i did yeah. i don't know if you guys ever saw that yeah but it was a great production team a friend of mine they got a bunch of celebrities i got cut <laughs> <laughs> which is fine i get it uh, and so but but i'm still friends with them so i get to take over all that intellectual property because it was mine anyway so um i'm remodeling my apartment so i can save money on studio space to relaunch that in april with like a production team and then maybe i'll have you guys on Heck and yeah. we'll cook together oh my gosh yeah joy, you don't want joy me. doesn't cook hey what you say that all the time you're the one who, those are your words Shh, don't tell her just make her think that i can cook and i'll come over well, I mean, I wouldn't things. have a job if my clients cooked, right? Right. See, great point. Perfect great example point. of why you exist. Because yeah. <laughs> I would hire you to be like, yes, yes. you just can't this. complain about what you're eating because yeah. Yeah. it's going to be good for you. So yeah. like, shut up and eat. <laughs> yeah. Someone else made you this meal. <laughs> oh my goodness. Awesome. Will you come back sometime when we come back? On, on the, the show? podcast? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, of course. We have to end. That's why I said that. No worries. <laughs> Like, you're like your face you're like what where are you going where are we going <laughs> like are you okay like, you come back sometimes. what is what is going on you tell me something <laughs> by now i thought you could read my mind because we're all just in sync now so yeah yeah, yeah. I, I need like 15 more minutes and okay. then i can get okay <laughs> thank you mary it was a yeah, pleasure thank having thanks you thanks for having me this is probably one of my best experiences just makes me real happy we're all raising the roof sorry to all the friends that i've been on (laughs) these girls crushed it (laughs) sorry not sorry